Okay, let's get started with this year's Parshas Toldos. Tough Shin Ayin Dalit. We start off with the Kutzker. I haven't had a Kutzker in a few months, but start off with the Kutzker, quoted here in Vakras Al Shabbos Oneg. So we have in the, uh, later in the Parsha, towards the end, when we have, of course, the major, the ma- one of the major stories in the Parsha of Yaakov and Esav. Yaakov's going in, Esav's going out with the brachos. He takes the brachos. We spoke last year about, uh, one Rav Hirsch. We'll have a different one. Uh, but it's from this year. But the Pasuk says, you see the bold print in source number one. Yaakov's going out, and Esav's coming in. Yaakov's out, Esav's in. Says the Kutzker, we learn something from this Pasuk on a deeper level. We learn a Limud, says the Kutzker. Life is a vacuum, says the Kutzker. If we fill it with Kedusha, it'll be filled with Kedusha. If it's not filled with Kedusha, immediately, Tuma tries to enter, and other forces. Yaakov, of course, is Misamel, the Kochos HaKedusha Vatara. Yaakov's in. Yaakov leaves. Esav comes in, right away. Esav Shemisamel is Ruach HaTuma. And that's alluded to in our Pasuk. And that's why he even says, on Moti Shabbos, when we have tremendous Kedusha that, that, that leaves, we have to be on guard. Special guard. And what do we say? Shulchan quotes it. We say the bracha that Yitzchak gave Yaakov. The Yitam Lecha. Dafka, because that's the moment that the Kedusha is leaving, like Yaakov Avinu left, and Esav's going in. So <laughs> we grab on to that bracha. And we should try to make sure that Moti Shabbos also it's Moti Shabbos, and it's not Saturday night. Even just calling it that makes us view it differently. But we have to make sure. And, not, and Moti Shabbos is different than Motsash, I might add. Right? Motsai Shabbos. Right? It's Motsai Shabbos. That itself is, um, might even help us in terms of how we look at it. But we have to make sure that every, every area of our life, we fill with Kedusha. And if not, we have to make sure, we have to know and realize that life is a vacuum and something is going to be filled there. We have to chew our best, do our best to fill it with what we want. Okay, let's go back towards the beginning of the parsha again, as we uh, started off with the Kotzker, but now we go back. Vela told us Yitzchak and Avraham. So we have Yitzchak and Avraham. Avraham holidus Yitzchak. Avraham has Yitzchak. But he Yitzchak on Avraham Shana. He was forty years old. The Kachto has Rivka, the Chulu, and as the Gemara says, all the Imahus Warakaros. Kodesh Baruch was Misave, Letfilas and Shel, Imahos, and the Avos, and they were all barren. Vayeta Yitzchak Lashem, Lenochach Ishto. Yitzchak davens to Hashem opposite his wife, Lenochach Ishto, Ki Akarahi, because she was an Akara, and that's why they were davening. Vayeoser Lo Hashem, Hashem is forced. Vayeoser Lo Hashem, Vatarifka Ishto. Again, we spoke in the past. What does it mean that it was forced? He didn't want, as if Hashem Dafka didn't want to. He wanted to wait a little bit more before he was going to answer. But he also, lo Hashem. Rivka Ishtel. And Baruch Hashem, Rivka has a child. Says Rashi. Lenochach Ishtel. Opposite his wife. What is that phrase adding? What's Lenochach Ishtel? Says Rashi, they were both davening in the same room. This one is standing in this corner and davening. And this one is standing in this corner and davening. They reach davening. Says the Medrash. If you look in source number two, Rishlama Kluger in his commentary on Chumash, Imre Shefer quotes the Medrash. Rishlama Kluger, one of the greats of the 1800s, 1700s, 1800s, He's one of the most prolific writers that we have, even though we don't have most of what he wrote. He supposedly wrote over, over 160 svarim. We don't have too many of them. We have a few. We have the Halafel Cheshlomo, his Shuvis. We have uh, some commentary on Shulchan Aruch, on the couple of volumes of Shulchan Aruch. But he was um, one of the greats, one of the Rebbeim of the Beis HaLevi. Says the Emre Shevar, quoting the Medrash. Line number three. Who omeid u mispalel? Yitzchak was standing in davening. You know what Yislev was davening? Hashem, please, any children that I have, please from her. I want that from her. 
I want them from Rivka. That's Lenochach Ishto. He wasn't just davening for children. He was davening that the children should be from Rivka Yimei. Vehi is Palala, and she was davening. Any child that I have, I want it from this guy. I don't want to have, you know, my, our, our parents, you know, there was two wives, there was a maidservant, no, we don't want that. I want, he, so Yitzchak's davening, I want my children from Rivka, Rivka's davening, I want my children from, from Yitzchak. Good question. The Hiksha, line seven. Madua, first question is a linguistic question, and the second question is a content question. First question is, if you look closely at the language of the Medrash, the Medrash says that, what is Yitzchak doing? All children that you are giving to me. If you look by the language by Rivka, all children that you will give me. Why does the Medrash do that? Again, the Medrash were written by the Tanayim. There's obviously a deeper message here. Why is Yitzchak in the present tense and Rivka in the, in the future tense? Question number one. Question number two that we can ask is, why did Chazal darshan it this way? I mean, it's beautiful, sounds great, they're each davening for each other, but Chazal only darshan something if there's a problem with the Pasuk. If you, the, Pshuto sounds pretty good too. They're each davening for a child. Now, what's wrong with understanding He's davening because he wants a child. And she's davening because she wants a child. How did Chazal know, how did Darshan, that they're each davening for each other? They're, they're, darshan, they're davening for each other. That's what we darshan. So why exactly? So the language problem and the content problem, why Bechlau Chazal made this? That's what he asked in the next, in the next line. I'm going to answer the first question by asking the second question. How does the Medrash know? Dilma Kipshuto. Shu is Palalatsma, Bialatsma. Is it Davni for each for themselves? Says Shlomo Kluger in his classic sharp, sharp thought. The Yeshloma. Shayakasha Laha Medrash. It was difficult to the Baliha Medrash. Shayitzhak al Atsmo Lohayatzarakla his palel. Yitzchak didn't have to daven. Hakadosh Baruch already promised. Shari Kfar Yiftiach Hakadosh Baruch Hu Avraham Ki Be Yitzchak Yikar Lechazara In Yitzchak Be Yitzchak Velo Kol Yitzchak. Yitzchak's going to have progeny. Yitzchak's going to have children. So Yitzchak already has that promise. If Hakadosh Baruch Hu promises something, we have to daven that it should take place. Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised. Right? That's the question on the Haggadah. Hakadosh Baruch Shomer Aftachasol Yisrael. Blessed is Hashem that he kept his promise. What's so great about keeping your promise? Everybody keeps their promise. But Kodesh Baruch Hu keeps his promise, so Kodesh Baruch Hu promises. It's obviously going to happen. So really, 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 Yitzchak didn't have to daven at all. That's why Chazal said there must be something deeper here. It can't just be, Yitzchak's going to have a child. When he's davening so badly, and the, and the strong Lashon use, it's not just davening, it's demanding it's forcing God's hand, so to speak. Vayetar Yitzchak. What does Rashi say? Hirba behiftsir betfilah. He didn't stop. He didn't take no for an answer. Hirba behiftsir betfilah. And vayasolo, Rashi quotes, nispatzer v'nispayes v'nispatelo. It's a lot of words in Rashi. He davens really hard and Hashem says, fine, 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 fine. So he's repeating. Nispatzer v'nispayes v'nispatelo. So, so he's davening really hard. What are you davening really hard? He was ready promised. That's why the Bali and Medrash say there must be something deeper going on here. It's not just Yitzchak davening for his son. But it's Yitzchak davening. Last line of the first column. Al-Kain, lo haya, ikr tfilaso, raksha kolbanim she'ilo, lo yilo rak mitzadikas It should be from this woman. That's what he was davening. And that maybe what that wasn't promised yet. Who Yitzchak would have the children with? So that's why that's what Yitzchak was davening for. Bialkain Amar Shapir, and that's also the reason why it's present. Kabanim no stainly. Why is it present? Because you know it's happening. Kihine dibur shelak kadosh baruch hu shemavtiach litain kadosh baruch already promised. It's not going to, Kodesh Baruch is not going to change his mind. 
It's as if he already gave. No, you're giving. Present. You're doing it. I know you're doing it. That's why he uses the present tense, because he was promised, and that's why he's davening, because I'll say, for Rivka, because he already was promised for himself. He already had the promise. That's why he says present. But Rivka didn't have a promise. Rivka didn't know. Rivka wasn't promised. That's why she says future. I hope. I'm davening for it. But it's not like it happened already. That's why it's future. There's one detail to finish up. Why was Rivka davening what she davened? She should daven for herself. Right, Yitzchak had to be davening for her because Yitzchak already had a promise. He's obviously going to have children. So that's why Yitzchak had to be davening for Rivka. And he was in present tense as compared to Rivka's future tense. But why couldn't Rivka be davening for herself? Well, he's got to be parallel. If he's davening for her, she should be davening for him. Wonderful. There's got to be something. Why, why is that? So that's what he ends off. Last point. And that which the Medrash decided to explain. Shagam Rivka his Rivka also davening this way. Hainu Mishum. There's another problem. Yitzhak probably told Rivka about the promise, did he not? We don't know. This is one of the mysteries. One of the mysteries in the Torah Shabbat the least communication that we have between Avos and Imos or Yitzhak and Rivka. The only thing we have in the entire Torah is Rivka telling Yitzhak, you got to send Yaakov away, Esau wants to kill him. That's it, at the end of our parsha. There's no other communication. One of the famous questions that we dealt with last year, if you remember from Rehearsh, is why didn't Rivka just tell Yitzchak, Esav's a Russia, Esav's a fake. He just puts on the Shabbos clothes to see you. But he really doesn't mean it. He's out there doing Shvichas Domimim and all the Yikal of Eresh Why did she say that? Why did they communicate? So if Hirsch had the amazing shot last year that we mentioned, that Rivka had to prove that just like he's been tricked all along, she had to trick him again to prove that he can be tricked. And that will reflect and show, oh, now I understand how he can be tricked. That was last year's year. But... There was a communication issue between Yitzchak and Rivka. The Nitzit points that out also. But we could still suggest, says Rav Shlomo Kluger, in the Imre Shefer, If Yitzchak was davening for himself, then fine, Rivka could daven for himself. But Yitzchak was already davening for her. What, she had doubts that Yitzchak's tefillah might not be answered? Yitzchak had a promise he was going to have kids. Yitzchak Avinu, who was ready to give his life to our by the Akedah, he says, Hashem, please, I want it from this woman. I know you give me a promise, but I want it from her. She's my only wife. What? Rivka had Sveikos? Whether those prayers were going to be answered? No, she, she, she wasn't allowed to reflect that. She, she knew. So she couldn't really, she didn't, didn't really have to daven for herself. Because she, she knew that her husband was davening for her. But what she could daven was that all her future children should come from him. That was still open. And that's exactly what she did. Line 8. We finished the circle. Children besides the one that Yisrael is davening for is obviously going to be answered. Halavai should be all from this from this uh, husband. So we start off with what Yitzchak had to do, and we end up saying what Rivka had to do. But it's all based on Hakadosh Baruch Hu's promise to Yitzchak. So therefore, Yitzchak must be davening for her that she doesn't really need to daven, and therefore she's davening for something else. Adkan divrei haimrei shefer Okay, we continue. One or two halachic issues that come up from we don't usually think Parshas Toldos is the source for halachic issues, but we will have two of them tonight. Two of the greats. So we start off with Perek Chavhei Pazach Perek Chavhei Pazach So the children are inside. She's having pretty, pretty uh, difficult pregnancy. And finally, it's time to give birth. The first one comes out. He's a redhead. Kulo Kaderes Seyar by Yikru Esav, he's already done. Esav, Asu, he's finished. And a brother comes out afterwards holding on to his, his heel, and his name is Yaakov. 
Good. Yitzchak has Yaakov. Yitzchak and Rivka have Yaakov and Esav. Vayigdulu Hana Arim, and the children get bigger. Vayigdulu Hana Arim. Vayihi Esav Ishio De Atzayit Ishta De Yaakov Ishtam Yoshevo Alim. Rashi. Vayigdulu Hana Arim. Kozman Shahayuk Tanim Lo Hayu Nikarim B'Maasehem. Nobody really focused on them too much while they were children, while they were ketanim. Okay, he's a child. People weren't so medaktik. Mativam, what they were up to. But now, kivan shenasu b'nei shloshes reishana, now they're 13, now they're bar mitzvah. This is one of the sources in, in uh, <coughs> Tanakh. In, in the halachic literature for the source of godless, now they realize how different they really are. Yaakov is an ishtam, Yosheva Alim, and Esav is a hunter, ish yodeat sayid, ish sadeh. There's a medrash. There's a medrash in this week's parsha. If anybody has a bar mitzvah this Shabbos, then it's your fortunate, uh, your fortunate week. Says the medrash. Skip the, go to the second part of source number three. First we quote Rashi. Rashi quoted this medrash in short, but then we have Amr Balazar. Sarech Adam Lehitapel Bibino Adyud Gimel Shana. A person has to be involved with his son exclusively, totally, until 13. Mikan Elech, Sarech Sheyomar, Barech Sheptarani, Me'ancho Shoset. At age 13, this is the source. This is the source of that bracha. This Medrash Agada in Parshas Toldos. Father says, Blessed is he who has now exempted me from the punishment of this one. Barak Sheptarani Me'oncho Shozeh. There is a major machlokes just to note whether this bracha is said with Shem Hashem or not. The Minaga Olam in most places is to say this bracha without Shem Hashem, being that it's nowhere in Shas. And it's nowhere even in Halacha. It's found in a Medrash Agadah in Pashas Toldos. And that is why the Ramah Paskins, one does not say a bracha. The Darki Moshe, the Ramah's commentary on the tour, quotes this from the Maharil. Says the Ramah. I don't know. This bracha is nowhere in Shas. V'kasha alai. I find it difficult to tell Am Yisrael to make a bracha that's not found in Chazal, in the Gemara. Uva poskim. Uva mebrashis rava. Reish toldos. Huskar Okay, it's in a medrash. V'tov levarcha below shemu malchus. Better to say it without shem Hashem. And that's what the Ramah Paskins in Shulchan Aruch. Source number five, the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch doesn't even quote it. But the Ramah says, Yesh Omrim. Mishanase b'no bar mitzvah yevarech. And that's the minute of the Ramah. There are those that say with Shem Malchus, the Vilna Gon, the Chay Adam, there are those. One should follow their, their family tradition. But point number one is this is the source. This is for the, the source for, for, this, for this bracha, from this medrash. The question is asked, though, by a number of Mepharshim, what does this bracha mean? Thank God I'm not going to be punished for it anymore. What, Chinuch is over? Chinuch is never over. We learned that from Rashi in a few weeks. Rosha Feinstein says on that Pasuk, Chinuch is never over. Never over. So, so what does it mean, And we're going to focus on, we're not going to have a Gashir now, we're going to focus on one word of the Bracha. Thank you for exempting me from being punished for this one. What you call it? He's a zeh. He's like an object. Me'oncho shel b'ni. Me'oncho shel yaldi. Zeh? He's a zeh? What's the message of, of zeh? What's the message of that lashon? So, different suggestions given. Where else does the word zeh appear in the Torah? So it appears by ben sorer moreh. B'neinu zeh. Sorer moreh. Right? So one might say that, that I've, I've brought him up, hopefully, and this is a different Zed than the other one. But there's another idea. Some point out that the word Zed is used Zed is by Moshe Rabbeinu. So what's the bracha? 
What are, we, what are we wishing our child? What are we declaring at the Bar Mitzvah? Baruch Shef Tarani So maybe one can have the suggestion based on two Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetskis that we can put together that we mentioned in two totally other different times. But we're going to put them here. One Rabbi Yaakov from Parshas Matos and one Rabbi Yaakov from Parshas Shmos. If we put them together, maybe we can have a deeper understanding of Zeh in this context as referring to Moshe Rabbi. So first the Rabbi Yaakov in... The beginning of Parshas Matos. Source number six. Rabbi Yaakov said, the Pasuk says in Matos, the beginning of Matos, Zeh Hadavar Asher Hashem. Zeh Hadavar. This thing. What, what's the context there? That's the, sto- that's the Parsha of Hafaras Nadarim, or Hataras Nadarim. A rub being able to Matir Nadar. Rashi there, the beginning of Matos. Pirish Rashi. Moshe Nisnabe Bikoamar Hashem. Moshe says sometimes, Lashon of prophecy, ko, bachatos alayla, v'hanavim nislabu b'ko amar Hashem. Other nevim too. Mosef aleha Moshe, she nislabu b'lashon zeh hadavar. Only Moshe Rabbeinu uses the lashon of zeh. This, only Moshe's nevuos have the word zeh. And not just ko like others. What's the difference? V'tzarach lahavin, ma'wachilet, shebein lashon ko lashon zeh. What is reflected by Zehadavar. Moshe Rabbeinu is Rashi Amato Zehadavar. And number two, if this is the godless of Moshe Rabbeinu Zehadavar, why do we wait till the end of part, to, to the end of Sefer Bamidbar to teach me the godless of Moshe Rabbeinu, his uniqueness? You have all of Shmos, all of Ayikra, all of Bamidbar. Over at the end of Bamidbar, we have the secret to Moshe Rabbeinu, at least right in the Baloska. Right? We're, we're talking about the, the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu to Aaron and Miriam. Says Rabbi Yaakov, it appears to me as follows. When it comes to true prophets, two prophets, two Nevi'im, never say the same Nevi'im verbatim. Even if two Nevi'im were spoken to by God and they got the same message, they say it over differently. They say it over because they're different people. If we both heard a story and we're both telling a story over, we would say it differently. That's why sometimes we interrupt each other. We're, no, no, you're not telling it right. Right? We like, we're like, think somebody else is telling a story at the table. No, 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 no. I'm about to say that. Calm down. We each say it differently because we're, we're, we talk, we use different words, we're different backgrounds, different uh, IQs, whatever it is. So every Navi, every Navi speaks in their own language. And that's why there's a story in Navi how one of the kings knew they were two false prophets because they were saying the exact same thing. Verbatim. So why is that? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by 99% of Nevi'im, doesn't give them verbatim, word for word, letter for letter, what they're supposed to say. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives them a nevuah. Give this message over to Klal Yisrael. Ko Amar Hashem. So says Hashem. This is the tochen. This is the message that is supposed to be given over. As it says, the beginning, middle of the middle column, middle of the line. Kishem shepard sufeya haadam einam domen zelazeh. Just like people look different, kach ein derosian shavu. So too, we think differently. Vim kain imishma mishnei anashim ezadavar. If we hear from two people the same thing, al karchal tzorch shekolach tzorch lomer belashon acher. Everybody talks differently. He can go to the If I ask somebody, is he a rich guy? So it depends how much money the person has. Who I'm asking. If I'm asking a very rich person, they'll say, oh, he's okay. If I ask a very poor person, oh, he's got a maid. So depending on who I'm asking, the same story can come out differently. It's the same with any information. That's by all other Nevi'im. Their own personality is part of the Nevi'ah. That's the level of Koamar Hashem. Left side. V'nibsa l'fizeh. Shagam ishiyut hanavi mishtatefez b'nevi'ah. Umarim lo l'navi azachizayon. The Navi expresses it based on his own personality, strengths, tchunot. Not Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu has clarity of the divine, as much as one could get. 49th level of Kedusha. Zeh. Zeh always means clarity. You could point to it. That's Zeh. All the times we have Zeh in Chazal. It's, you can point to it. Hashem says, points to the moon. 
That's when you kazera eva kadesh. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't understand the menorah. How do you make it? Zeh. The machza shekel. Zeh. It's always zeh. You can see it. It's clear. That's the level of nevu of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because his own personality, his own ishiyot is not, it's directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Medaber mitoch grono. He's not involved at all. Mashenki Moshe Rabbeinu shemasalanu asatora b'zeh hadaver mamish kekabalaso b'liyez ishtat v'mishu yusor pratit. That's Rabbi Yaakov number one. Moshe Rabbeinu represents clarity of vision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as much as a human being could achieve. Number one. You can look there in the continuation. I didn't give it to you about why it's, what's it doing in Parshas Matos. Right? Why is it all the way there? What does that have to do with Hatharas Adarim? That's not for now. But that's one Rabbi Yaakov. Then we have another Rabbi Yaakov, which I've quoted in various contexts. In source number seven, where Rabbi Yaakov quotes, let's go back to Parshas Shmos. What does the Pasuk say? Please call Moshe Rabbeinu as a little baby. He's Moshe, and he's not nursing. He's refusing to nurse. They try to get all the, all the wet nurses. Ever. Nobody, nobody, nobody. All of a sudden, a young girl says, Oh, I think I know the mother. Yocheved is brought, and Moshe nurses. What does Chazal darshan from that, on that? Pirish Rashi Zal, source number seven. Shehech zirasoa, mitzriyos, harbeili yona. They tried. They tried to get Egyptian women. But Moshe wouldn't do it. Why? Lefisha haya asiladaber mashchina. This is going to be Moshe Rabbeinu. Asiladaber mashchina. So, he's not nursing from an Egyptian woman. Rabbi Yaakov has an amazing ha'ara. This idea, this Rashi, is quoted in Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch in Yaradeya, the Ramah quotes on line 5. Chalav Mitzris kechalav Yisraelis. Mikom makom. Lo yaniku tinok mina Mitzris im efshar v'Yisraelis. If you have a choice, better not to have a woman from another religion nurse your child. The chalav avedes kochavim mitamtim alev umolu lo tevara. Better not to. Where does, where does their Shulchan Aruch get that from? He gets it from our Rashi. That's the source of it. Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't nurse from an Isha Mitzris. So, so too, our children. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. Ask Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. I don't understand. What did Rashi say the reason is that Moshe couldn't nurse from a Mitzris? Because he's going to talk to HaGadosh Baruch What, our kids are going to Asiladabar HaMashchina? My child is going to be Moshe Rabbeinu. What do I have to worry about? Moshe Rabbeinu was Asiladabar HaMashchina. That's why he couldn't nurse from the, from the Mitzris. What's that doing in Shulchan Aruch? That's in Moshe Rabbeinu Shulchan Aruch. Why is it that in Why is it that in Klal Yisrael Shulchan Aruch? So now you see from here. Let's just do the question. Lachora Tamua next column. Ech Efshel Lilmon Mikan Halachalam Aisa Kan Mefurish Atam. What's the reason? Shelo Yanak Mishum Shaasil Adaber Mashchina. So we know on. How do we know? How does the Rama know? Based on the Rishonim that he's quoting. Shekena Did Eitzah Kolechad Veechad. You know what you see from here? We have to treat every one of our children. As an Asr Ladaber Mashkina. As a potential Moshe Rabbeinu. And it's a lesson in Chinuch. Oh, it's only for Moshe Rabbeinu? No, no, no. It's for each one of our children. Mavur Mizel Limud Godo Benin Chinuch. Shitzarech Avli Tain Labanov. Vahainu Shalakol Yelad Katan. Yesikoi Ladaber Mashkina. We can't shortchange them. The whole chinuch that we give our children has to be giving them the potential of Asiladabar and Mashkina. That's Rabbi Yaakov number two. Each one can stand on its own as an amazing thought. But if we put these two together, number one, Moshe Rabbeinu, Zeh, clarity of vision, and every child we have to treat like Moshe Rabbeinu. Let's go back to the Bracha. Baruch Shep Tarani. As we go to the next stage of our responsibilities of Chinuch, we are calling him a Zeh. As if we are saying, that's our bracha to our child. That he gets the Zeh of Moshe Rabbeinu. And we're trying to be mechanichim in the derech of the Zeh. That's why we definitely use that word, that word now. It's referring to Moshe Rabbeinu and this has to do with Chinuch. It has to do with a, a transitionary stage in the Chinuch of our child. But we have the attitude of Asla Dabra Mashina, and we want them to be able to reach the level of Zeh. These two of Yaakov's maybe add add a little insight into why we use that word, Fayabarmas.
Moving right along. Same Pasuk. We're not going to the next Pasuk yet. It's more to say. Vayigdilu Hana'ari. It's the next, next thought from Rav Shamsham Rafal Hirsch is a controversial one, but his, he has basis in the Rishonim. Again, the Ramban has already told us, has pointed out mistakes of the Avos and the Imahos. And others. So we, it is not up to us to chas v'shalom, ascribe any chata'im to the Avos and the Imahos that Chazal did not. It has to be based on Chazal. If it's not based on Chazal, then we have to worry about our own sins. Not our job to worry about anybody else's sins. But based on Chazal, it's obviously meant to teach us. And as Rav Hirsch writes in source number 8, our sages who never objected to draw attention to the small and great mistakes and weaknesses in the history of our great forefathers and thereby make them just the more instructive for us. We know that the Avos and the Imos were not perfect. That's what makes them role models. Right? As, as they say, when we read the Gdolan book and, and learn that he was making brachas on his mother's milk at three years old, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to us because it's just not in our reality. Right? And they knew Shas by four. You know, so it's just, it's wonderful, but it's, I have Chalisha Sadas. Makes me depressed. So says, says Rev Hirsch, knowing our great leaders were not perfect, that's instructive to us. They also had challenges. The famous letter of Rav Hunner, where he notes, who knows how many Milchamis the Chafetz Chaim had to have to overcome his taiva to speak Lashon Hara. Rav Hutner writes that in a letter. Who knows? Says Rav Hirsch too, we get instruction from the way that the Torah formulates certain behaviors. Let's continue. They point out that the striking contrast in the grandchildren of Abraham, even before we get there, again, just to emphasize, the Rishonim already base certain points, and refers is basing it on that. He's going one step further, to be fair. But it's a suggestion that even if one doesn't agree with Refersh's ascribing it to the Avos and the Imos, but it's definitely a message that we can learn. Says Refersh, though, one of the Baalei Hamasora, they point out that the striking contrast in the grandchildren of Abraham may have been due not so much to a difference in their temperaments, as to mistakes in the way they were brought up. Vayigdilu Hanaorim says of Hirsch gives off the impression that maybe they got the same chinuch up till then. Maybe they were brought up similarly, in the same way. Skip a couple of lines. Actually, just go straight. As long as they were little, no attention was paid to the slumbering differences in their natures. Both had exactly the same teaching and educational treatment. And the great law of Hanoch Lanar Pidarko was forgotten. That each child must be treated differently with an eye to the slumbering tendencies of his nature. V'chulu. The great Jewish task in life is basically simple. One and the same for all. But in its realism, I mean, the goal of life is to bring up our children to be good Avdei Hashem. But how to do that is different for each child. But in its realization is as complicated and varied as human natures and tendencies are varied. And the manifold varieties of life that result from them. Suggests Rav Hirsch, based on the Psukim, and based on Chazal, he said it about Yaakov Avinu. That's already in the Gemara. That Yaakov showed favoritism to a certain son, and that led to problems. But he was still Yaakov Avinu. And he was still the father, all of our fathers. We're called Am Yisrael after him. So Yitzchak Avinu suggests, Rav Hirsch, Yitzchak and Rivka also Maybe a little bit. Esau was a Russia. He was a Russia from when he was born. He was already at Monikulo Kaderesayar. But maybe their educational philosophies, the way it was done, a little bit contributed. And the message for us being that we have to be oh so careful and vigilant in terms of knowing each quality and the qualities and the strengths and the weaknesses of each one of our children. Because that possibly says of her contributed to their behaviors. Rav Hirsch says it even a, more than a little bit. Rav Hirsch says, line 20, had Isaac and Rebekah studied Esau's nature and character early enough and asked themselves how even an Esau, with all the strength and energy, agility and courage that lies slumbering in this child, be won over? How could we win him over? Could have worked hand in hand and who could have said a different aspect of the whole history of the ages might have been presented? So Rav Hirsch says it in a very extreme way, but even not in an extreme way. One could say he contributed and if you continue down, 
He notes just because he had earlier been fused to a seat in the schoolroom, now out of an aversion to having been kept indoors, was completely an ish sadeh, an outdoor man. Unbelievable. But either way, that is one message. But then he has the other message, which is basically mafurish in the Torah. And this one is hard to argue on. But we just don't think about it in these terms. Point number one is more controversial. Point number two, a second dangerous message that children might get is when parents give mixed messages. When the father and the mother are not on the same page in how they express views to the child, that could lead to something terrible. Line 60, a second factor which could only have a pernicious effect was the difference of the feelings of the parents towards the children. Unity and complete agreement. Parents have to be a strong front. Parents have to be united and the same feelings of love to all their children, even to those who are not so good. Just those require <coughs> most of all the chulu. That is the first fundamental condition and the cornerstone of every education. That there has to be similar values, similar hierarchy of what's important in life from the parents. And the parents don't always see eye to eye. Therefore, they have to talk about it in private, not in front of the children, and then come to some agreement in how to proceed. And no, we all make mistakes. They're all perfect. And the children pick up on it because they're very smarter than, than we are. But it says of Hirsch, Yaakov and Esau. Yaakov and Esau also saw that. Yitzchak and Rifa were very different in terms of what they showed and what they felt. The message for us being, again, the message of parenting, having a strong front, a united front, in terms of parenting. Again, so taking a step back, those are the two messages that Rifa gives us from the Parsha related to our, our parenting issues. <coughs> okay. Moving right along. Perachafei Pasaglamid Base. So towards the end of this section, Asaph comes in, he's starving, give me some of the red stuff, pour it down my throat. Great Jewish custom of having lentil soup to Shabbos. The first business, actually the second businessman in history, we already had Chayasara. You know what? I have an offer for you. Soup for Bechora. What do you want the Bechora for anyway? What exactly does, does that mean? I'm going to die. We're all going to die. What does that have to do with the Bechora? What exactly does that mean? Says Rashi. Amar Esav. Mati v'shalavodazu. Esav. Ask Yaakov. What's the Bechorah about? Yaakov says, well, you know, it's the, it's the Avodah. As we know, before the Cheta Egel, the Avodah was supposed to be done by the firstborns. Like Rashi quotes in Parshas Mishpatim. By Harsinai. By Harsinai, the Avodah, the Na'arim, the Na'arim that were helping Moshe Rabbeinu out at Harsinai were the firstborns. The firstborns were supposed to do it. They blew it at the Egel and it was given to the Levium. There was even a Medrash that says a Zohar. We're not sure where the Zohar is. The Archaim HaKadosh quotes the Zohar. We're not sure where he gets it from. But he quotes the Zohar that Bismana Mashiach is going to go back to the firstborns. So all those firstborns, Yisraelim out there that are, that are jealous because they want to be a Kohen, it could be that they're going to get their, they're going to get their time in the Beis HaMikdash. And that's also possibly connected to, to uh, Tainus Bechoros and our Pesach, but not for now. So it was the first, he was the Bechor. So Yaakov says, well, you're going to do the Avodah. Esau's like, oh great, what's the Avodah? Well, what kind of work is it? I love work. I, I work, I'm outside all day. Esau, Amar Esau, Matibashal Avodah Zu. Amar Lo, well, if you mess up at all, you're Chai Misa, on the spot. Kama Azharos Va'onshim Umisa Tuluyinba. It's pretty scary. Tell you the truth, my dear brother. You know, I don't know if I would, you know, I love you very much, and I don't know if it's really good for you. You know, he taught him a mission in Sanhedrin about all of the, all of the Misa's Bezdin, everything you do, you know, you know, wash your hands properly. There's a lot of, a lot of issues in the Avoda. Omar, I need this. I need this. I'm going to die if I do the Avoda. Al Yada. What do I need this for? That's Rashi. Rashi Kwani Chazal. What's the Pshat of? 
by doing the avodah, I'm going to die. That obviously is not the pshat. So, if you want to get more pshat than Rashi, you look at his grandson. You look in the Rashbam. Source number 11. Says the Rashbam, and the Rashbam is going to quote somebody that I don't think we ever quoted in the Shiurim. So it's very exciting. Says the Rashbam. Hine anochi lamus. Rashbam is an underused commentary on Chumash. The Rashbam writes in the beginning of Parshat Vayeshev that I had conversation. Rashbam was the older brother, Rashi's grandson. Right? He's the son of the daughter of Rashi. Rashi didn't have any sons. So he's the great older, older brother of Rabinotam. Rabinotam was the younger brother. The Rashbam was the older brother. The Rashbam learned with Rashi. He learned with his grandfather. So the Rashbam writes, the beginning of Ayeshev, I, I spoke to my grandfather. My grandfather told me that if he had more time, if he wasn't so old, he'd write his commentary again, closer to Pshat. So I'm going to do it for him. He doesn't say that, but that's his commentary. Says the Rashbam in Source 11. He neonuchiolechlamus. I'm a punter. I'm in the forests. That's what I do. Bears and lions and wild animals. That's what I do for fun. I'm probably going to die one day soon. You know, I'm with the animals. I'm a hunter. That's all we know about Asaph so far. He's a hunter. So what's the shot of the Pasik? I, I have a very dangerous profession or hobby. I'm going to need the Bechora in centuries? I'm probably going to die way before that. Right? I'm going to die way before that. I don't have to worry about the Bechora. You know, because I'm going to die before that, says Esau. That's more Pshut Shal Mikra. Who's he quoting? Kach Piresh Avi Harav Rabbi Meir. Quoting Rashi's son-in-law. Quoting his own father, Rabbi Meir. Rashbam, Rashbam and Meir. Right? Rabbi Natam's father, the Rashbam's father. So he's on the map. And after he sold it, he hated it. That's the Rashbam giving Pshat. This Rashbam, though, and Pasik also comes up Halacha Lamaisa. As we said, there are two Halachic issues to be discussed tonight. One is what we did before, Barakshab Tarani, but we try to have Hashkafic implications of that too, based on the Tur of Yaakov's. But we also have a Tshuva of the Nodib Yehuda. It's a well-known tshuva in the world of Nodav Yehudas. The Nodav Yehudas was asked, can a nice Jewish boy go hunting? Is that an okay hobby? Okay, what's wrong, right? A couple hundred years ago, Nodav Yehudas was asked. So they printed recently, I mean, it's in the tshuvas, you can look it up, but they printed recently the Nodav Yehudas ala Torah. He didn't write a commentary ala Torah, but they took all the tshuvas and they organized it ala Torah. So that's why it's a nice, nice print here, and at the end it says tshuvas Nodav Yehudas, but either way, it's from the second volume of the Rodev Yehuda in Simen Vav. First he quotes the question. First paragraph, and then where I wrote dot, 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 he skips a bunch of it. But the end of the is what's important for us. Ishechad asher Hashem There was a man who had many, many acres of property. The Yeshlok Farim V'yaros, and he had forests on his, on his property. Asher V'hayaros, Tirmoskol Chayso Yar. All wild animals in the, in the forests. He won't go with his great 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 grandfather. He won't make this, the Kayan mistake, right? Is he allowed to go? The Knesseri follows Zion. Can he go hunting? Oh, and Masurli Yisrael Or is it inappropriate? Or not only inappropriate, maybe halachically problematic for one of three reasons. right? Causing an animal pain. Just involved in destructive activity. Because it's not something that we've done. So in the part that is not on your sheet, he knocks out each of these and saying there's no problem. You're trying to kill them right away. You're not trying to torture them. They're in the forest. Nobody's using them. Baltashkas is if, if there's some animal that's constructively helping humanity and you go and get rid of it, that's Baltashkas. But this animal is never going to be used. It's sitting in the middle of the forest. There's no Baltashkas. And Nagu Boiser, who said? So he's very intellectually honest and he says, all of these halachic issues I don't think are problematic. But now, the last part of the tshuva. But now let me tell you what I really think. Viamnam ma'od anitama al gufadavar. But I have no idea how you could even ask the question. Why? Some things are meta-halachic. Even if you can't find it in Shulchan Aruch, yeah, you know it is a problem. 
Velo Matsinu Ish Tsayid. Who in the Torah were hunters? There's only two. Nimrod and Asav. So who do we want to be buddies with? This is not what we should be involved in. And he quotes one of the chubas here, which we're going to skip a few lines, and he says where it's underlined, How could a nice Jewish boy kill an animal for no need except for his own entertainment? Oh, they're, they're dangerous animals? So stay out of the forest. They're dangerous animals. So says the Nodim Yehuda, number one, only Nimrod and Esau were involved. So on a hashkafic level, it's no good. But then he adds, and this is where our Ashbam comes in, but you know what? Maybe there's even a halachic issue here. Second column. It's Yashrus. A Jew shouldn't be involved in it. But now I think it's Asr also. Why? Because what did Esav say? What did the Rashbam say? I put myself into a dangerous situation every day. I'm going to die soon, says Esav. That's an Isser, says the Nod Yehuda. We are not allowed to put ourselves into situations of major danger. The Torah says, Who is a greater hunter than Esav Arasha? And what did he say? And even he recognized the danger. The Nod of Yehuda didn't have a Rashbam. But it's Mamish the Rashbam. That's the shot of the Pusik, says the No the Behuda. And he quotes the Ramban, but it's the Rashbam. Umeata, how could you do that? So the Rashbam's shot of the Pusik is brought halachalamaisa by the No the Behuda. We're not getting into one of my tell me the me, what about fishing? Not going not getting into that right now. Is there a difference between the two? Ask your local authority, rabbinic authority, about that question. Okay. Moving right along. Two more thoughts for the evening. The first one has a couple of parts. Next. Perachavav, now we get into the next story. There's a famine, and Yitzchak goes to Gror, and he says, Achosihi, same type of story. Vechulu, Vegavimelach li Yitzchak, Perachavav, Pasik, Pasik Ches. Says the Says the Torah. Actually, it's not based on this Pasuk. I'm sorry, it's a little earlier. We're going to go back. The last Pasuk at the end of the first Aliyah. A little out of order. The Pasuk says at the end, when there is the famine, and it was by the famine, the first time, and he goes, Gurbarat, as other Baruch, who says, you can't leave Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to give you a bracha here. Why? Because Avram, listen to me. So you have schusavos. Yitzchak already had schusavos. Chazal darshan on this pasuk. Eikav v'shasham Avram v'koli by Yishmar Mishmarti mitzvah saichu gosai v'sarosai that Avram Avinu kept all the mitzvahs. Kolatar kula. Avram Avinu kept all the mitzvahs. And we've spoken about that concept in past years. What does that mean? How do they keep all the mitzvahs? And if they kept all the mitzvahs, how do we have violations of the mitzvahs? How do Yaakov marry two sisters? How do they build matzevos? But we're going to focus on one line in Chazal this year, and that is, Chazal and Masechas Yuma say that Avram Avinu kept Kala Torah Kula even Erev Tavshilin. Even Erev Tavshilin. Even the mitzvah, the Rabbanan, that when Yontif falls out on Friday and you want to be able to cook on Yontif for Shabbos, you make an Erev Tavshilin beforehand to make sure that you set aside some food for Shabbos and you don't have a bizayon of starting to cook on Yantar for Shabbos. You already started before it, without all the details of the second parakel of Mesechah's But the obvious question that all the Bali Jewish ask, out of all the mitzvahs that you could come up with, Aravino kept everything, even Erev Tavshilin. That's the most exciting mitzvah. Right, that's it. Right, that the mitzvah that the, our, you know, 
B'nai Eretz Yisrael don't even do so often. B'nai Chutzvaris do it more often. So what's the message of Erev Tashilin? So the Vilna Gon thinks it's a mistake. The Vilna Gon in Source 13, I gave you three different suggestions in this question. And the Vilna Gon says it's a mistake. Really, it said, this is classic Grah, it said Ayin Tuf. And it didn't say, it shouldn't have been Erev Tashilin, it should have been Erev Tchumen. Why? Because we darshan it from the word Akev, a heel walking. So that's why Chazal darshan Erev. Erev Tchumen has to do with how, how long you have to, you're allowed to walk on Shabbos. Okay, it's still a problem why Erev Tchumen, but at least the Gra explains why Chazal picked that one. Because you have to pick one, and that's what the Pasuk is alluding to. Okay. But there are other Pshatim given. Other Pshatim given, we're going to skip the Chassam Sofer, but we're going to go to the Avni Nezer. The Avni Nezer. The Sachachav Rebbe in line 17. Says the Avni Nezer. As follows, line 19. La mito shaldavar, roi haya lahatir achanam yantav l'shabbos. If you think about it, why can't we cook on yantav l'shabbos? What's wrong with that? Gambli erif tavshilin. Shekain hashabbos chamur miyantav. We know Shabbos has the highest kedusha at any day of the year. Seven aliyas on Shabbos. So really, why shouldn't you be able to cook from a lower level kedusha day to a higher level kedusha day? What's the matter? What does Yontif have that Shabbos doesn't have? One thing. Yontif has one thing that Shabbos doesn't have. And that is, Yontif is Am Yisrael. We create Yontif. It's all us. Shabbos is Kviva Kaima. It's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But there is an element of the godless of Yontif that Yontif has that Shabbos doesn't have. The Yontif is the Kaddish Yisrael V'Hazmanin. And that's why you need an Erev Tavshilin, because each one has its uniqueness. Yes, Shabbos has a higher, deeper Kedusha, but each one has its uniqueness. And that's why you normally need an Erev Tavshilin. Says the Avnei Nezer, all of this makes sense after we were commanded about Shabbos. Rak lach, I shouldn't stop Yisrael Allah Shabbos. Who did all the mitzvot before being commanded? So everything was mitzido. Shabbos was from Hashem. In a sense, Avram created all the mitzvot that he was doing. It wasn't that there was something that he had to fit himself into. He created Yantif. He created Shabbos. He created all the mitzvot. So, in the regard to creating the day, Shabbos and Yantav were equal. So we're back to the original question. If Shabbos has a higher Kedusha inherently, so you shouldn't need an Erev Tavshilin. And yet Avram still did it. That's why that example is picked. Because Avram shouldn't have had to do it. Because the svara of requiring it didn't apply to him. Because Shabbos is deeper Kedusha and Mitzad, the creation of the day, Avram created both days. And yet he still did it. That shows his godless. He did mitzvahs even where it didn't even apply to him at all. That's why we pick Erev Tavshim. Okay, one final point for the evening. From Hadrash Vaha'iyun. Rabbaran Levine, Aaron Lewin, different pronunciations. Perach as we continue now. Shlishi. After the story of Abimelech, Vayigdal Ha'ish, Yitzchak becomes great. Vayelech Haloch Vigadel. Ad Kigadal Ma'od. Same showers three times in that Pasuk. It's like a run on. What's the Torah emphasizing here? Just say it. The whole pasuk. Right? Rashi tries to help us out a little bit. But what's the emphasis? The pasuk is 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 very verbose. What's the message of the pasuk? Says the drash v'ha'iyun, and he's going to give us an unbelievable insight into a phrase we say every single morning. But that'll be in the middle. 
Whenever there is a tremendous, sudden success in our lives, if somebody would win the lottery, we all should say, we all say to ourselves, oh, we should have such problems. Right? But if somebody would win the lottery, it's not so easy in terms of keeping our religious personality on the straight and the narrow. We have no idea how to act if all of a sudden something unbelievable, we get this unbelievable windfall, we get a millions of dollars, and all of a sudden, like many times, if it's so extreme, it doesn't always work out so well. When something comes suddenly, in a major way, sometimes people don't always know how to act and how to deal with the situation. It's much better. The greatest brachas are the ones that come la'at la'at. The ones that we could build up to. The ones that could be expected. The ones that we could look towards. That we could, we could get ready for. You see, I mean, before, we see in the world today, the people who become millionaires overnight, all the, all the stars out there, and look at the life that they lead, whether it's in sports, whether it's in, in the arts, whatever it is. I mean, how many people have normal lives when they become, they're 19 years old and they're, and they're billionaires? It's not normal. But when it's slowly, la'at la'at, when it's slowly, when it's built up, when you could expect and you go step by step, so then then it's then it could be handled. We even see that in nature. If somebody is sitting in a pitch black room, so what do we do? And all of a sudden, boom, somebody turns on the lights. You're like, oh, my eyes. And it hurts. All of a sudden, you get the light at once. It hurts. But if slowly, slowly, you open the shade a little bit, right? When, when we want to wake up our children, if you turn oh, slowly, they're never going to get out of bed. You do it, boom, and show up. Right? You want the, the shock factor. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it's a shock factor because it's so much at once. So even in nature, slowly we can handle better. And then he quotes, unbelievable, the Abu Draham, the great Rishonim, every morning, Hashem makes it lighter than when he barachim him. Isn't it unbelievable? We never thought about it. Hashem could have turned on the light bulb of the sun every morning. It's pitch black, boom, it's daytime. It's noon. Hashem could have made the world like that. It's day. It's it's like turning off a light. It's light. It's dark. It's light. It's dark. Hashem could have done that, but Hashem didn't. He makes a light little by little by little. Why? Because He has Rachmanis on us. He has Rachmanis. It goes slowly. Because our eyes wouldn't be able to take it if it was all in shock. If it would all be, you know, so much at once. Says the Drash and that's our Pasuk. Yitzhak Avinu went la'at la'at. Vayigdal ha'ish, but how? Vayelech haloch v'gadel ad higadal ma'ot. He did it in a step-by-step way. It wasn't all of a sudden... It wasn't shocking, and he was able to do it. And he even quotes a pasuk in, in Eov that fits into this, and he quotes a pasuk in Mishle that fits into this. But just to quote at the end, he quotes the Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi in Yuma, which is oft quoted. Many of us know this Yerushalmi, but we just don't know it's Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says on line 30, Rebchia Raba, Rebshim and Chalafta, they were walking by the Arabel, right up north. They were walking by the Arabel by the morning. The sun was just coming out. It was Nitzachama. Roa Yalasa Shachar Shabaka Ora. 
They saw the first the first lights coming out. Amar la Rebbe Rabba, Rebbe Shimon Chalafta bar Rebbe, Kachi Gulasan Shal Yisrael. That's the Gula. Betchila Kima Kima, little by little, Kalshihi Olechas, Yolechas Umeir. Little by little, the light comes out. Right, that's what happened in the story of who's Ayelat Hashachar, Esther Amalka, Umordechai Yoshi Bishar Hamelech. Mordechai sitting there. Vayeshe Mordechai Hashar Hamelech. Slowly, the whole story until it unfolds, until we're crying and we get to finally at the end. Vayhudemai Saora Vesimcha. Only the light comes at the end. Says Rabbah Tor Shemachalavta. That's the Gula. Kodesh Baruch can't even bring Mashiach. Boom, overnight. Slowly. First he has to give us back Eretz Yisrael. Then he has to give us back the coat. Then a little by little, little by little, the gula happens. The gula doesn't happen overnight. Alright? Nothing's perfect yet. But it's little by little, and it's a process. And that's Rachmanis. That's Barachimim. Hameir la'aris, la Barachimim. Just like he did to Yitzchak. He should do to us. Maybe we could ask him to like, maybe hurry up the process a little bit. We could, uh, no, you know what's best. But Hashem, bring us that ultimate light. That or Barachimim. Mehera Biyameh.